This is episode number 278 with New York Times bestselling author, Lisa Nichols. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. everyone to the episode. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great guest on today. Her name is Lisa Nichols, and she's one of the world's most requested motivational speakers, as well as a media personality and corporate CEO whose global platform has reached and served nearly 30 million people. From a struggling mom on public assistance to a millionaire entrepreneur, Lisa has become a multiple-time best-selling author and appeared on shows like Oprah, The Today Show, and Steve Harvey. Her company, Motivating the Masses, was one of the first self-development companies to go public. And in in today's episode, we dive in on a lot about how to generate abundance in your life, abundance and prosperity and wealth in your life. Some of the things we cover, what the catalyst was for Lisa to switch from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. We talk about that because a lot of people grow up in this scarcity mindset or thinking that money is a bad thing and how she switched that and what you can do to switch that as well. The power of our environment to tell us what we deserve, something else we cover, how visualization creates cognitive dissonance and why this leads to action. We talk about my visualization process as well from sports to business, the three types of relationships Number one, life-giving relationships, lifetime relationships, and purposeful relationships. And the amazing story behind Lisa's health transformation as well. We dive into a lot here, and we also have the full video interview that you can check out at lewishouse.com slash 278 if you want to watch that. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. I am super pumped for this episode, so let's go ahead and dive in with the one, the only, Lisa Nichols. Welcome everyone to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest today, Lisa Nichols. Thanks so much for being here. Thank I you appreciate for it. Me. Yeah, yes. I'm excited. You got a new book out. I'm just going to show it to the camera really quick. Make sure you guys check this book out. We'll have it linked up. It's called Abundance Now. Amplify your life and achieve prosperity today. And I'm very excited about this. I was just going through it, and I love your message. I love your Thank insights. You. I love your wisdom. And I also love your story, and I want to dive into it before yeah. we begin the process of how to be abundant. Because you didn't start out abundant, right? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no. So, well, we're, and you're also a track star from what our agent tells me. I know. How'd yes. you know that? That's like back in the cut. <laughs> That's said, not in the book. He's like, you got to talk about your track days because I, I was a decathlete All-American. Yeah. Come on. And, uh, yeah, so. I'm a state champion. There you go. All right. <laughs> well, what events? I ran the 110 and the 330 low hurdles. Wow. The 4x400, 4x100 relay. That's tough. And the open quarter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. What was your yeah. favorite event? 
The three thirty low hurdles. And I, and I held the record at my high school just to, got to say for the three thirty low hurdles for eighteen years. Boom! Get it, girl. Boom! <laughs> I, I, I found out in the fifteenth year that I held the record, so I only oh, had three wow. years of bragging rights before <laughs> someone broke it. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm curious now. Growing up, who was the most influential person in your life, and what was the biggest lesson you remember them teaching you? My grandmother, my father's mother, my grandmother Bernice. Mm-hmm. And she taught me that she said she prophesied over my life, meaning she spoke life into me when I didn't see it for myself. Mm. And she said several things. But one of the key things was she said, baby, as you grow up, you're going to impact lives and they're going to write about you. I have no idea how she knew. And many people are going to talk about you. She said, do yourself a favor. Take everything they've written about you and put it in a file cabinet. Don't read it. Mm. She said, and when you get old in my age, sit in your favorite rocking chair, grab a cup of tea and be entertained by who they thought you were while all the time you knew whose you were. Mm. And she just instilled this sense of humility. Like you are a servant leader and I don't care what they call you. Expert guru master. You are a servant leader. You remember that because they'll say a lot of things. Mm. And so she has been my anchor. You know, she's long since deceased, but she's been my anchor. And that was just one of the most powerful things. And then she also said, baby, you can get all the knowledge in the world. She said, but only time will give you the wisdom that I have. Wow. I was like, whoa. I was like, I think she just grandma checked me, you know? <laughs> and so I still to this day with all the knowledge that I've acquired from great books like yours and great books like Stephen Covey's and mm-hmm. great books like from Phil Jackson, 11 Rings and Howard Schultz onward, yeah. you know, all these great pieces of work. I still sit at the feet of seniors. I still sit my spiritual mentor. I sit at her feet once a quarter. I sit at people's feet when they're 20 years older than me or more because mm. they have something I don't have, which is wisdom time. Yeah. So she's, she anchored me in two things, which both li- leave me in humility. Wow. Okay. What's the wisdom you have from all your time so far? <laughs> um, don't count the number of times you've been knocked down. Get attached to the number of times you get up. Mm. All right. <laughs> like, I'm going to get these truth bombs all day. I right, guess. right. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm curious now because you didn't start out you know, with a lot of money and with a lot of abundance mindset, did you? Right. Um, it wasn't just not a lot of money. You know, it's one thing to be fiscally broke. It's another thing to be emotionally broken. Mm. Two very different things. Right. And I was broke and broken. And um, in 1994, I had to go get on government's assistance just to feed my, my newborn baby. Um, I had to get on WIC, Women, Infant, and Children. Uh, and I still say it. And you know, I say it often. I'm interviewed. I was interviewed 155 times in five months for my previous book, no matter what. And it still hits me in the same place. I, I was, um, ashamed to stand in line with all the other mothers, some fathers to get free butter, free cheese, free milk, free mm-hmm. pasta. But at the same time, I was grateful that there was such a service to help people like me, that mm. I knew this wasn't where I was going to stay. Right. But it was where I was in that moment. I wasn't committed to take up real estate there, but it was my current address and broke and broken. It, it kind of hit the, I, I, I felt like I hit the bottom. You Sometimes you feel your back on the bottom. Like, I think that's the bottom, <laughs> right? Um, my and then son, there's always a deeper. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> so when I was getting, uh, uh, when I was getting uh, food stamps, I thought I was at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then but 
You went boom, to the boom, boom, boom. <laughs> right. Uh, I went to the ATM. I ran out of Pampers mm. for my son Jelani, and I went to the ATM to get money to go buy Pampers, mm. and it said insufficient funds, and I had eleven dollars and forty-two cents in the bank. What's the minimum? You can take out twenty bucks in the ATM. Exactly. You need like twenty in to get twenty out, wow. and um. I had $11.42. And so I went home and I had to wrap my son Jelani for two days in a series of different tiles. That, that was my rock bottom. And that was because as a parent, all you want to do is provide. That's it. It's simple. Mm -hmm. I just want to provide safety and food for my baby. Mm -hmm. Somebody else was providing my food and I didn't even have pampers. And I remember on the second day of wrapping my son in the towel, Lewis, I put my hand over his stomach. And I said, don't worry, Jelani. With tears streaming down my face, I said, don't worry, son. Mommy will never, ever be this broke again. And so um, you talk about um, having financial resources. I realized that I needed to first believe that I could do something different. That wherever my mindset was, my bank account was going to follow. Mm. So I needed to change my mental zip code. What was your mental zip code then? Scarcity, lack. I was born and raised in South Central L.A. I grew up between the Harlem Crip 30s and the Rolling 60s. I had three fights a week to get home from school. My highest grade in school was a C plus. In 12 years of school, my highest grade was a C plus. Mm-hmm. And so if you ever tell this story to anybody, don't forget my plus. <laughs> don't exactly. Y'all don't forget my plus. It's very important. To, to a C student, to an A course. student. I was, it, a, I was a C, a D student. Right, 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 right. So, so I get it. To an A student, it doesn't matter. Like plus, plus, whatever. But it. to a C student, the plus matters, man. I get it. So, um, so I struggled. Everything in my life was about a hustle. Mm-hmm. Everything. Nothing was easy. Except the love for my family. That was easy and effortless and mm. graceful and bountiful. And But everything else outside of that, it was a hustle. Get or get God. It was the environment I grew mm. up in. And I'm not saying that you have to grow up in that rough environment to have an amazing future. People always say, well, Lisa, I didn't have it rough. Could I have a... Listen, I would have traded my background <laughs> in for anybody. Right, like, right. don't think I chose that so I can have this. And so I didn't know abundance. I didn't know abundance existed. I didn't know abundance could happen to people who look like me. Mm. A woman geographically from my neighborhood. I didn't know abundance can be that. I didn't see it around me. I didn't know abundance can be for someone that were, that was in my culture. Mm. Everything was about survival and hustle. So so many things. And spiritually, I didn't know that someone who loved God, who had a spiritual foundation can also have prosperity without being perceived as greedy. I mean, mm-hmm. everything in my environment said, not me. Everything said, not me. If I listen to the sound effects. Right. And sometimes you just got to turn the volume down and sure. listen to your heart. Right. So what was the conversation you would tell yourself during this time when you're in this scarce tip code? Someone like me can't have it. Mm-hmm. Them over there, that, that guy right there, he comes from the right family. Right. That girl right there, her skin color is the right complexion. Mm. That I'm t- full figured, a, 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 a mocha skin, full lips, round hip, kinky hair girl. Nah, not me. Not mm. now. I get other things. I get, I get a, a bountiful family. I get a, I get great children if I want. I get closeness to God, but I don't get abundance. And, and, and I realized that so much of that conversation was embedded in me before I was, I was five. I mean, it, it just comes with the territory. Right. I would watch my grandmother make a dime going 20 different directions. And I never wondered about having 21 dimes. 
<laughs> I just wanted to grow up and make my dime go in 20 different directions to be like mm-hmm. grandma. Mm-hmm. And so, so much is culturally inherited, gender inherited as a gender, as a woman, you're not raised to make millions. You're raised to either get a good job or get a man with mm-hmm. a good job, right. you know, and especially so in the eighties and nineties. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's how we were raised yeah. spiritually. You're taught, you know, in my background, my religious background, now I'm spiritual. I'm not attached to a religion at all, mm-hmm. but growing up in the Mount Tabor missionary Baptist church, it was, you know, money is the root of all evil. Well, yeah. who would want a lot of that? And that uh, right. good, good who people, wants evil? exactly <laughs> who wants evil. And if yeah. that's what you say, then I learned that I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And sister Brown, I watched sister Brown and sister, Brown was the most godly woman in the church and she was always selling fish dinners and and barbecue dinners to make sure she had enough money. And so unconsciously I wanted to be like sister Brown because that woman can pray the heavens down. And so then again, I'm looking at that. And then in my neighborhood, it was the moment you get a little extra, you give it away. Mm. You give it away still to this day. I kid you not. I want one of my last opportunities. I call, I don't call them challenges. Opportunities mm-hmm. is I, um, I'm in the top 1% earners in America. And I say that humbly. I'm mm-hmm. grateful. And my job now is to learn how to keep it and grow it. Cause I love to give it away. And I know it's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. It's a learned. And I, and I give it away to good things. I just put $82,000 and revamp my grandmother's whole house. Cause I knew she nice. wasn't going to move. She going to listen. She going <laughs> to, that's what she going to rest in peace. She's yeah. going to stay right there. She's been at that house since 1968. Yeah. She's not going anywhere. Yeah. So I just redid the entire house, gutted out the entire house right. and, and, and put spent close to a hundred thousand dollars doing it. And I'll do that over and over and over and over again, because I also was taught give it away. So now I'm going to people who are more powerful in money in terms of, I know how to make a lot. I know how to keep a lot. Now I learn how to grow a lot, you know, and being willing and being humble enough to say, that's where I am. I got the first two down because money has three levels. How do, how do you earn it? How do you keep it? And how do you grow it? And so, you know, um, I, I had a conversation for a long time in many different ways. And then it's the conversation as a woman, if I make so much, it's going to be hard to be dateable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that big D word, you know? And so yeah, as an African, you're unapproachable now. Exactly. And mm-hmm. men are taught as I'm taught as a woman about money. You're taught as a man, mm-hmm. be the provider. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's kind of hard to provide for a G like me. You know, when <laughs> I come in, I go, how about we just put it together? Cause I'm kind of cool yeah. on the provision thing, yeah, yeah. you know? And so I realize that men have to also feel comfortable with the fact yeah. that, that that's an eighties conversation. Mm-hmm. And in 2015, she might, Make 2016 millions. now. Right. 2016. Right. Right. I started the book tour and I have like, you have to at every moment, tell me the date that we're, exactly. we're living inside I, I of right feel now. You. I feel you. Right. You know, you just, you it. just, I'm just recovering. Right. I'm finally this like, tell me there's something on the other side. Is. Recovery is true. Right? There's a clear voice. There's sanity. Doubles, yes, there's, right. there's a healthy body. Again. Right. 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 Amen. Uh, there's your freedom of time. Um, so I'm curious, what was this moment then that you, realized, okay, I need to shift the way I'm thinking, mm-hmm. the, the conversations I'm having, uh, how I'm showing up, who I'm being right. in every moment from living in the scarce right. environment that I've lived in for 20-something years to all of a sudden shifting into an abundance mindset and way of being. Right. What was the moment to experience the, the <laughs> thought, the idea, the right. catalyst that broke that? I like how you say a moment. Like I got a, oh, the ceiling opened up and the lights came in and the angels came. No, maybe it was over time. Right. It was, there was a moment when there was a moment when suffering became too painful. There you go. So mine didn't necessarily come at a glory moment. It came mm-hmm. $11 
and 42 cents and watching my baby wrapped in a towel, yep. a towel. I, I felt like I was being unfair to him. Mm-hmm. See, because 30 days before the towel, I'm really telling my stuff for 30 days before the towel, his father called me. And when I answered the phone, I never forget. I said, hello. He said, Lisa, I'm in LA County jail. Well, I don't do jail <laughs> and I don't do people in jail and I don't right. do people who have a possibility of going. So how did you get there? Cause I met you in corporate America and you were a professional. How you got there is his business. I don't know, but now I'm a single mom of a son whose father's mm. now in prison, but boom, boom, rock bottom, rock bottom again. So 30 days later, when I had my son wrapped in a towel, I was done. I was just done. You were sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the concept of bankrupt is there's nothing left. That's the concept of bankrupt. So I like to explain it. I was bankrupt in my mess. Uh I was bankrupt in my chaos. And I was bankrupt in every sexy, because my excuses are sexy, by the way. (laughs) I've been a linguistic specialist for years. I could talk my teachers into doing things right. I mean, that's just been my gift. My father used to say, Lisa, please promise me you will use your powers for good. And so I was bankrupt and all of my excuses. So if you ask when it was probably about three hours after I told my son will never be here again on day two of being wrapped in a towel in 1994. Mm -hmm. And then I said, how the next question was how, if I'm done with this, I'm not even sure what that looks like. Mm -hmm. I just know over there, a bunch of abundant thinkers living an abundant life, having abundant memories with a surplus of everything. Because abundance is to be an overflow of the things that you have. Abundance is just about overflow. It's about overflow. That means that if there were a saucer under this cup, abundance would be everything. Um, this tea flows over into the saucer and I can feed you from my saucer because mm-hmm. I have filled my, filled my cup up enough. I use my cup for me and I feed you from my saucer. Mm-hmm. And abundance is saying I have a saucer in my relationships filled with great experiences. There's a saucer in my health and wellness. I have so much bountiful health and vitality that I can show up for you. There's a saucer with my spirituality that I can pray for you. I can forgive give the perceivingly unforgivable and love the perceivingly unlovable. And then there's a saucer for my finances mm-hmm. and that in every area, because abundance is a three sixty experience. See, wealth is singularly focused. Wealth is about your money and your possessions. That's wealth. Okay. But abundance is three sixty. I have a lot of very, very wealthy friends who are miserable, unhappy, who are, who are not abundant, yeah, yeah. who are not abundant. They're wealthy. Scarcity. Yeah. They're wealthy. They're not abundant. Mm-hmm. And they understand that. And they come to me and go, Lisa, help me with my relationships with my family or whatever. Right. And so, um, I, I, I had to learn something different. I, I Louis, I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, that, that became the moment when I said, what do I need to know to have something different? What do they know that I don't know? And how can I get it? And I became a hunter. So what was the first discovery? Um, that there's a mindset that mm. comes with abundance, that they think differently. They don't just do something different. There's not a hookup. First of all, what camera do I look into? Is it that one? Anyone. Anyone. There is no such thing as a hookup. I am still waiting on mine. And if you know where it is, my phone number is. <laughs> so there's no hookup. Yeah. There's no hookup. Like, it's not true. Like, you got a 297 million chance in one to win the lotto. Mm. And within five years, the people who won the lotto are in more debt than they were before they won the lotto. So that ain't even a hookup, right? And so um, I realized that I needed to change my mindset. I needed to learn something different. 
and I needed to know it at a cellular level. All that stuff I just told you about my color, my gender, mm-hmm. my, I had to unlearn. People are, are we're, we're information junkies because we got all kind of access to information online yeah. and we're learning all this stuff, but we're not implementing anything. Yeah. I'm sorry. I might step on a few toes. That's what I do. <laughs> and so I realized that I had to, at a cellular level first, before I went to get any more information, I had to be willing to divorce and evict some belief systems that I already had. That they had taken me as far as they can take me, and now they're holding me back. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you wear a size eleven. You have eleven foot, and you tried to fit it back in a size seven shoe. You <laughs> you passed that a long time ago, and and that's going to be a very uncomfortable day. I was in discomfort. Right. I was very uncomfortable with my thinking, and so I I start diving into books. The first book I dive, I dove into was Stephen Covey's Seven Habits mm-hmm. of Highly Effective People, and it disrupted me. It disrupted everything. I didn't know. It was like, it was like a double door opened up and then a wall opened up. I'm like, what are they? They know that? Like, why nobody told me that? Like, I felt like I was out of a club Mm -hmm. and really you are. I'm just going to tell you abundant thinkers think a certain way Mm -hmm. and they don't go around trying to, trying to convert you. Like people like you and I go, let's open it up to everyone. But here's what I I know about the human spirit is that the human spirit has a power of choice. And most people don't want to choose this kind of thinking because it costs you something. Mm-hmm. It costs What's the you. cost? The cost is you got to get up earlier. You get up earlier than the average guy. Your day, what you do in a day is what some people will do in a week. Mm-hmm. What you do in the mornings is what some people will do in a 12-hour day. You got to be willing. What you're right. willing to do on your book tour to get on the New York Times, mm-hmm. some people say, I got to do all that. I don't want to do all that. It's a lot of work. Okay, great. Then yeah. have your life. Like you have to, you sign up for your life experience. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Like you were, a, when I realized that I was a culmination of all my decisions, that's like straight with no chaser. <laughs> that's like getting it with no cookies and milk. Mm. I was a culmination. You're a culmination of all your decisions. And then when you up level your decisions, and that's even hard at times when you go, God, why am I always single? You're a culmination of your decisions. You're a culmination of your actions. Why can't I keep any money? You're a culmination mm-hmm. of your decisions, your life. So I wanted to make better decisions because my son being wrapped in a towel, me having $11.42, me being overweight, me, my, my son's father being in prison. I, I couldn't shake it. I was a culmination. My life experience was a culmination of all my mm-hmm. decisions. And it was undoubtedly a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And so I went, well, let me go learn from somebody whose life don't seem like it's a hot mess. And then let me adopt some of their behaviors. And I began to hunt. Mm-hmm. I went to conferences. I, and, and I scared the bejeebies out of me, these conferences. I'd never been to conferences before. I went to entrepreneurial conferences. I was the only, I was one of four women at an 800 person conference. Wow. And I was the only woman of color. So it was all older white men and me. And I was like, okay, well, they, they're not afraid of money. Seems like they're talking money and business and corporations and ROIs and, and PPMs and term agreements and no habla espanol. I don't know what that means, but I am not leaving until mm-hmm. I figure this out. Right. And I went to the same conference. When I say do what other people won't do. So, and you'll have what other people don't have. I went to the same conference, Lewis, 42 times. Mm. I told you I was a C student, so it took, took me a minute <laughs> to get it. And I kept getting yeah. sponsored back to the – I didn't even have the money to go to the conference. Mm. I started volunteering at the conference. I would be on stage teaching because they loved the way I spoke. Then I'd get off, and I'd help clean up because mm. I had to pay my dues to be there. 
I was okay. I ate, ate my slice of humble pie every mm, day because sure. I was bankrupt. See, some people, you haven't pushed non-negotiable yet. You're still optional. I really would love to be successful. And so I you want to be successful. I want to be successful. I want to make money. I want to make money. Healthy. I want to be healthy, yeah, yeah. but it's not non-negotiable yet yeah. because the moment the rubber meets the road and you feel a little skin and it mm-hmm. gets a little tender and a little blood may show up and you don't want to give blood. You don't want to give sweat. You don't want to give tears. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let me just tell you, you can't take the elevator to the top. Right. It ain't number stairs. Right. Yeah. Boom. Sorry, I got excited. I don't know where you're going questions. <laughs> what, what was this event you went to? You know what? I, I'd rather not even tell it because people sure, sure. begin to think the event was everything. Right. It's you not know, that. I'm going to say there's a conference you know there's about. There's every conference. There's a conference you know about. Yeah. Find like minded people in your tribe right. that's going to make you stand on your tippy toes. Exactly. So, I, you know, n- with no disrespect to it, sure, sure. but people start saying, that's the next light. No, it's oh, not. That, that. That's, yeah. No, it's not. It was me hunting because mm-hmm. the conference didn't give me a whole lot other than the people there I kept pulling from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How important, you know, I'm a big believer in visualization Ugh. and uh, obviously in The Secret, that's something that was talked about. I haven't watched Secret in 10 years when it right. came out, but I mean, this is something I practice as an athlete to visualize my results yes. before the game yes. would happen, to see myself scoring the touchdown yes. in the track meet. And I'm sure yes. you did a lot yes. of similar things. How important is visualization in abundance, um, but then also how important is taking action? Right. So I have five visualization exercises in that book mm-hmm. just because it's so important. Visualization is a gift to your heart and your soul. It's a gift because if the, the idea is the seed visualization is the, is the, um, it's the fertilizer. Mm-hmm. It's the fertilizer because when your thoughts are connected with an emotion, see, you would visualize yourself winning. And you would feel all the emotion mm-hmm. that came with that. And all you're doing now is you're not chasing a foreign emotion. You know the feeling. Mm-hmm. And now you're just doing what's necessary to get back to that feeling in real time. Exactly. And so what what a good friend of mine, Vision, um, mm-hmm. who of uh, the CEO of Mind Valley, who you know, um, I would I did a visualization with him. We were in Bali and um he said to me afterwards, I never get emotional. <laughs> I he cried. does it. He right. doesn't get emotional. Right. He's like right, 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 super, right. yeah. Well, I he was like, I cried. I got emotional. He goes, I figured it out. It's visualization. A good visualization mm. brings in emotion. He was like, that's how you do it. And so um, I, I love doing visualizations mm-hmm. because, and, and it's really important in the visualization, you can't see it over there. You have to see it right here. To feel it. You got to yeah. feel it right here. Yeah. Like I am, it's all I am. I am, I am in my dream home. I am in my dream relationship and then unpack what that looks like. But most importantly, unpack what it feels like. And when you have that, that emotion in this moment, all of a sudden you stir up something that I don't think will ever go back to sleep. It'll go, okay, let's go get that. And what it really does is it sets up a state of cognitive dissonance and cognitive dissonance is when you see something in your mind and you see yourself in a way that your behaviors are not currently leading to it. So your mind becomes disrupted and it goes, okay, can we get there? Right. Cause so, I'm not there right now. I'm not there right now. And that's not comfortable. Your mind yeah, wants yeah. to literally be congruent. What it thinks is what you're doing. What it thinks is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so when you set up a constant and abundant thinkers like you and I, mm-hmm. we do it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. We, we're, co- we're constantly keeping ourselves in a state of cognitive dissonance, meaning, Okay, what else? And I'm seeing Lisa over there and I'm going, okay, let me go. While, while being grateful for my now. Yeah. It's not in that I'm going to be whole and complete when I get over there. I'm whole and complete now. 
I just know I'm supposed to be over there. So right, let me right. do what's necessary to get over there. And let mm-hmm. me let me evict any behaviors or characteristics that are stopping me and let me adopt any new ones that I need. Right, right. How does someone discover their unique calling? Because you talk about that in the book, discovering your unique calling. What if people are like, I don't even know what I want. I know I want to be uh, out of the place I'm in. I want to be right. abundant, wealthy, healthy, right. great right. relationships. Right. But I don't know what my purpose or calling right. is right now. Right. I think that people put uh, too big of uh, a notion on purpose in that they think that it has to look like a Nelson Mandela or a Mother Teresa or Oprah or a you or a mm-hmm. I. And, and a lot of times what you're really good at is right in front of you. Mm. What you're really great at is right in front of you and to recognize that your calling and your purpose can change. Right. That it can change. You have a long lifetime. It's not going to be the same calling the whole time. And so allow yourself to evolve. Allow your purpose to evolve. What's that thing you do effortlessly that you give no credit to? Because you're, you're, you're just looking past. It. Oh, it can't be that because it's not hard. Well, how about it doesn't have to be <laughs> exactly. difficult? How about the fact that you're a great listener? How can you take that and, and use that and expand that? And, and don't compare yourself to someone else. Comparison. I think Benjamin Franklin said comparison is the thief of all joy. It's all, when you look left or right, you know, people are always comparing me to Oprah Winfrey or Yana Von Zahn or, or Les Brown or Tony Robbins. I said, listen, I will, if you want me to give you Oprah or Yana or Tony or Les, I'm always going to 1000% fail you. Mm-hmm. But if you're ever interested, I do a damn good Lisa Nichols. <laughs> I do. I, I do a good Lisa Nichols. Yeah. And so when you look at what are my gifts, what are my unique gifts? I knew very early on I was a gifted speaker. I wasn't certified as a gifted speaker. I haven't passed any courses as a speaker. Matter of fact, the last time I took a speech class, I got a D minus. Mm. And my speech teacher told me, Miss Nichols, I recommend you never speak in public, that wow. you get a desk job. That was in my freshman year of college, the last speech class I took. So a lot of times your gift and your purpose, you've discounted it. Either because someone else discounted it or what's more common is you don't know how to monetize it. Yes. And sometimes the greatest gift you have to give is not for fee. It's for free. You watch people like you and I and go, well, why can't I get paid for it? Well, not every gift you're supposed to get paid for. Nelson Mandela did not get paid Mm -hmm. for leading 27 years when he got out of prison. He got paid after that, but he was a great leader while he was in prison. Mm -hmm. And Martin Luther King, he was a, he, he got paid from the church, but his right, his fight for civil rights, that was a free one. And he paid the highest cost. And you can go on and on and on to the, some of the greatest leaders, Mahatma Gandhi. It wasn't a paycheck. Right. And so, and I'm not, and and I know we're scaled down to our version, Mm -hmm. but don't get attached to having to get paid for your gift. Right. Yeah. I started this podcast as a way of, I'm going to do this for free for a year. I'm not going to take any sponsors. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to sell anything. I'm just going to create and facilitate great conversations. And and that's it. And now the the money is coming in because of how it's impacted people's lives. And your intention was in the right place. Yeah. But I wasn't like, how can I do this right now to make money? It was how can I serve the maximum number of people? That right there, that when people live in a place of servant mm-hmm. leadership, my grandmother said when I was 24, if you leave and how you, how can you serve the most people? When I sit with my team, I go, how can we serve more mm-hmm. people? How can we serve? Last year, we were able to touch 30 million people. Wow. How, and that's all our question. Now, as we serve, our platform gets brought up, but how can we serve? Don't tell me how we can make more money. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested. How can we serve more? Cause if I do the right thing for the right reasons, mm-hmm. everything I need will be a byproduct of that. Exactly. So yeah. I think we get caught up in, you know, society allows us to have us, has us looking at possessions. And so we begin to measure our joy and our abundance on possessions. Mm-hmm. I, I have a friend 
who's worth he's worth fourteen billion dollars. Wow. I didn't even write that. I had to write it down so I could see it. Probably zeros is that right, yeah. right, right. A lot. He's worth fourteen billion dollars. I checked my email on my phone before we started, and he's on my phone asking me, "Please come visit me," because mm. he's lonely. Mm. He's rich. But he's not abundant. Yeah. He flew from Canada to to come to my house for New Year's just to be around people who were celebrating and wanted nothing from him. And so don't pursue the things. Pursue the acts of service and everything you need will come. I promise Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, that's powerful. Let's talk about the four E's. What is this principle, the four E's that you talk about in your book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so I, I like to break up my life in quadrants and I Mm -hmm. help my students. I do a lot of coaching. I do personal development and professional development coaching. And no matter where you come, where you come to me, whether you come to me for personal development or whether you are want to turn your passion into profit and this professional development and business development for entrepreneurs, we go over the four E's Mm -hmm. because abundance is holistic. It's a holistic experience. So the first is enrichment of self that you are only going to go as far as you think you're worthy. Mm. I can push, you can push, you can, you can have the greatest product, but if you don't feel worthy, you will work hard to sabotage that mm. relationship. You will, you don't know Every you're doing you it. You, right. <laughs> you don't know you're doing it. You just think these are the things I need. And you're driving that guy away. You're mm. driving that woman away because your self-worth says they weren't going to stay forever anyway. Or um, self-worth around money. You have a cap that you feel like you're worthy of a million dollars, you will always get to 999000 and you will stop because right. your self-worth says it. So enrichment is number one. What's a good exercise or process that we can follow on a daily basis, maybe something simple, to enhance our enrichment Absolutely. and worthiness? Absolutely. I did this for six months, every single day right after I brushed my teeth. And, and it's the ICU exercise. And you get in the mirror now. It's not necessarily simple because <laughs> you're dealing with yourself. Of course. And as complicated as you are, will we'll be the degree. Well, the mechanics of, this, of it are right? simple. The mechanics are very yes. simple. Yes. I appreciate that distinction. <laughs> um, you get in the mirror and you complete three different sentences. You want to write this down. The first sentence, you look at yourself and you say your name. So you say, Lewis, and you complete this as I'm proud that you and find seven different things every day to mm. celebrate yourself for seven different each day. You can do the same thing you did the day before, but each day do seven different things to be proud of. Mm. The second sentence is going to knock you down a little bit. It's going to come from your gut. Um, Lewis, I forgive you for, and cut the shackles to blame, mm. shame, guilt, regret, and anger. In that sentence, you cut those five shackles, not the first day, maybe not the third day, but by the 21st day, by the 13th day, you'll feel some relief. So Lewis, I forgive you for, and go back five years, 15 years, 20 years, do that. Forgive you for that thing. Don't nobody know about, Mm -hmm. but you go ahead and cut those shackles because if you can still think about it, it's still in your energy space. And then the third sentence is Lewis, I commit to you that. Before you make a commitment to anybody else throughout your day, you make seven commitments to you. So the first sentence is, I'm proud that you, you're celebrating yourself first. We are under celebrated as a, as a society. We look for acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. They inter- they interviewed a hundred executives that all made over a quarter of a million dollars and said, would you like a 5% raise next year? Or would you rather be told thank you more often? 100%. 100% said, keep your money. I'd rather hear thank you. So we're under celebrated, but first mm-hmm. celebrate you yeah. be the example. When I was on Oprah, when she said, what do you do? I said, I recognize that I'm the example of how the rest of the world is supposed to treat me. And it's my job to give the world the best example of how I like to be treated. Right. So celebrate yourself, forgive yourself, 
cut the shackles and then commit to yourself before you commit to anyone else. That right there, mm, powerful. That right there will begin to fill your cup up mm. to get to your saucer. I love that. Where did you start to learn that process? Was that something you just started mm-hmm. to practice yourself and started? Looking in the mirror and trying different things. and you, Boy, you asked the question. <laughs> um, I was in a relationship, engaged to be married, and mm-hmm. it became abusive. I was emotionally abused. And then um, he picked me up and threw me three feet across the room mm. and choked me until I passed out. I don't tell a lot of people that. And I was suffering with post-traumatic stress disorder. And my mother asked me to go to the doctor. Strongly recommended I go to the doctor. <laughs> drug me to the doctor. Wow. And after the assessment of me in Manhattan Beach, um, my doctor said that I was clinically depressed. And I, I said, how did I get here? Me? That don't even fit with my name. I was head cheerleader in my high school. I was, I was the captain of the track team. I was, I'm always the person to get people going. It didn't fit. How did I get here? I don't know if you've ever found yourself saying, how did I get here? I was sitting on the table in the doctor's office saying, how did I get here? And when she wrote me the prescription, she handed me the prescription and I read the prescription and and it said, Lisa Nichols Prozac. Mm. It was like, I was looking at a foreign statement, my name and Prozac. And I asked her, I said, can I try something for 30 days? Cause I, I realized I was just sad. Mm -hmm. I lost me. I had lost me in him. I had lost me in being a mother. I had lost me in being the mother of a son whose father was in prison and trying to hide that shame Mm -hmm. and then trying to make this man happy and then beginning to fend for my life. I lost me. So I needed to discover me. I needed to remind myself who I was. And so I just realized I I didn't celebrate me. I, I was beating myself up. I was really mad at me. And I was showing up for everyone else. So I just made up these sentences. Mm. And I did it to rescue myself, to turn my crawl into a walk. And I ultimately was able to turn my crawl into a walk and my walk into a run and my run into a sore. But it started as a crawl. Mm. So I don't offer the how I got to that exercise often unless someone asks. Thank you very much, <laughs> my darling. Thanks for sharing and, yeah, I'm and not, opening I, up. I, I've, 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 I've long since learned four things. To me, this is the road to true freedom. I have nothing to prove. Mm -hmm. I have nothing to protect. I have nothing to hide. And I have nothing to defend. Mm. That your perception of me, after I tell my truth, is actually none of my business. My perception of me, that I go to bed as whole and complete as I woke up. Before I check how many likes I have on Facebook. (laughs) that I like me first Mm. and every other like is bonus. There you go. Like it. That was a long road to get to long road, long road. Yeah. We probably have to constantly be reminded of it, you know, (sighs) and then when I get in that place and then when I, when I live like I'm forgetting, you have to have accountability partners stashed in the corners of your life Mm -hmm. and you have to give them an assignment on your high day. You have to give them an assignment on your high day. If I look like I'm slipping or my ego's in the way, Get in my me. face. Get in my <laughs> face. Right. Get in my face and remind yeah. me of the man, yeah. of the woman I said I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Don't let me off the hook for yeah. the 2020 version yeah. of me. Because we're humans. It's going to happen. Man. As long as we're breathing, we're going to be out of integrity man. at some point. Come on. Yeah. Your humanity's going to get in the way. Your exactly. ego, or ladies, mm-hmm. your she-go, 
is what you get Exactly. Absolutely. Your resentment, your Absolutely. your your smallness, everything. just yeah. smallness. It all fits exactly. in smallness. Yeah. I, I'm 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 human, yeah. I, and so I I'm the best thing I did was to keep people around me to yeah. hold me accountable to the woman I said mm-hmm. I want to become. Sure, that's great. I love that. That's why I have a lot of people from the Midwest who who work with me on my team, support me, keep me grounded. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, don't get too Hollywood. Exactly. Don't get caught up in the lights and the cameras and no. the daggone headset. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, enrichment. That's the first part. Uh, the second part is enchantment. Relationships are going to define the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. When you're on your bed on your last days, you're going to want to know who's going to be around you. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, you're not going to care about another podcast. No. You're not going to care about another sponsor. I'm not going to care about another with. book yeah, or yeah. the freaking New York Times best. It matters to us now. Yeah. But the relationships in your life are going to determine the quality of your life. And so mind your relationships. And mm-hmm. so in the book Abundance Now, I teach you how to how to heal broken relationships that matter to you. How to get back level set. I give you this great um this great tool um called um it's a it's a it's a a conversation to heal a, a broken experience. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's called a communication charter. I use it in my company. I use it at my house. Yeah. And um so just is about how do I keep great relationships? And then the third area is engagement, work engagement. You're going to spend so much time in work and we're so emotionally attached to our work. And most of the time people are attached in such a dismal way Mm -hmm. that why would you have that dismal energy around something you're going to spend so many hours in? So I teach you how to shift your energy toward your work so that you no longer look at it as your work. Now it's no longer your JLB. Like everyone in my community, all everyone in my tribe, they no longer say they have a job. Mm -hmm. They say, I have an investor. And when you look at your job as your investor and you really rename it as your investor and it's investing in your breathtaking future, it has the capacity to buy anything you want for your future. If you mind your money, right? Right. Right. It can buy your freedom. And all of a sudden you start treating your investor better and you're more excited about going. Matter of fact, you're grateful. You're grateful for your investor. It doesn't feel like work. Man, my investor was LA Unified School District. Hmm. That was a hard place to be when it was a job. (laughs) I'm just telling you. But as an investor... For three and a half years, I wrote myself a check and I put in the memo line funding my dream. I didn't even know what the dream was. I wasn't even clear. I just knew whatever my dream was, it was going to cost some money mm-hmm. and I needed to pay and I need to have some money to pay. And that if I was going to ask other people to invest in me, I had to be my first investor. Who am I to ask someone to put money my way when I didn't put money my way? Right. So I wanted to, ma- I wanted someone th- for them to match, just match my investment in me. I got 10 in. Can you put 10 in? Mm-hmm. I got 20 in. Can you put 20 in? And so when you look at your job, your work engagement as an investor into your breathtaking life, all of a sudden there's a different energy around it. And then the last one is money endowment Mm -hmm. and to recognize more than the Dr. Seuss family and the Disney family and the McDonald's family and the Lawrence Welk family has a right to an endowment. When you get the understanding and I really unpack it here where you kind of go, what? Like I'll I'll make you do a couple of Scooby-Doo looks in the book. Like (laughs) when you look and go, I can do an endowment. Like I, because we think it's for them. Remember, mm-hmm. I started this conversation with abundance is for those people over there, especially when it comes to an endowment or a living legacy, like in your book and yeah. be a, create, creating a legacy to recognize that, wait a minute, there's a Lewis endowment and a Lisa endowment and a Don and John and Tanya endowment and, and fill in the blank here endowment. Mm-hmm. And I need to live my life to set up my endowment. Mm. All of a sudden you become responsible for generations to come Mm -hmm. responsible for changing the trajectory of your family's life. That's some bold stuff. When in your lifetime, you do a needlepoint move for your family. In my lifetime, I was able to do a needlepoint move for my son. Like he's a Nichols child. 
He's one of mm. many Nichols men. But that's a Nichols man who now knows what it feels like to cook in Italy and in Tuscany and in, in Florence and in Venice and in Rome. That's a that's a Nichols child who knows what it feels like to go surfing on the Gold Coast of Australia. Mm. That's a Nichols child who understands what it feels like to stand on the tallest mountain in Africa. Mm. Like his life. I asked him this morning, I said, Jelani, can you, when you get married and have children, can you stay in California so mommy can really see her grandchildren? Mm -hmm. He goes, well, mom, that's kind of restrictive. <laughs> it's restrictive to stay in big California. He's like, mom, that's kind of, because he knows the world. Yeah. His, so. his paradigm shift has occurred. Mm -hmm. He won't ever live like another and he'll take everything he's learned and expand the Nichols male child experience. So in, in my generation, in my lifetime, I was able to change our family experience mm -hmm. for him. And so I, I believe that we have a right to look at our legacy and create a living legacy mm -hmm. and then create a legacy. Right. Right. I want to talk, talk a little bit more about relationships because I feel like for my success, my growth has all been about um, relationships and building quality relationships. In the process, I've lost, I would say, a lot yes. of friends from yes. college to after college. You know, it's like a lot of people don't understand it. They don't get it. Right. And when you try to connect with them and educate right. or, or just lift them up and say, right. hey, this is possible for you Rescue too. It's almost, 911. it's almost scary for them. And yes. a lot of judgment happens, a lot of negative talk behind your back, jealousy, yes. things like that. Yes. Have you lost a lot of relationships over the years from family to friends? Um, and how do you handle a situation when someone that you're very close with no longer wants to grow, wants to learn, wants to be in this abundance mindset, what do mm -hmm. you do in that situation? Do you just cut them out? Do you add new people to your life? How does that work? So Because I know you have great relationships and you're constantly connecting with people. I do, and I nurture them. Yeah. And there's probably just a few, few years between us. <laughs> just a few. Um, but they've taught me something. Yeah. And um, I'm happy you asked that question because I've been looking at that lately. And mm. so... Um, there are three types of, I talk about this in a deep dive, this in the book, there are three types of relationships. There are, um, life giving relationships. Now I'm going to speak to friendships and I'm going to speak to romance. May I? Mm, sure. Of course. Because yeah. what we talk most about are relationships. What many people think most about is money. Mm -hmm. Those are the two anchors that just kind of consume a lot of energy. Yeah. Right. There are three types of relationships. There are, and I'm happy to answer the friendships that I've lost and what I've done, but I want to kind of give this context because I think this is going to be a liberator for someone. Someone came to this podcast just for this. Mm. Like this is your nugget. Everything else is bonus. This is it. <laughs> there are three types of relationships. There's a life giving relationship and that's the friend or the romance that lasted one day to two years. And it was, they were in your life. Just to remind you, you still got it, mm -hmm. that you were, and you know, that friend you made, and it was like, fire, for like six months and then they're gone. Yeah. And you, cause you can't even sustain it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's too combustive. Uh -huh. You know, it's too demanding. It's too chaotic. It's right, too, right. it's the, the turbulent, the, the joy is high and the turbulence is high. Yeah, exactly. And, and so it was, it can't, it can't exist past two years, but that's called a life giving relationship. And some are only last for one day. Hmm. There's, there's a stranger that passed in your night and it was delicious. Uh -huh. It was one good I've night. Been there. Right. <laughs> or two. <laughs> and, and, and with no judgment on that. That, yeah. that that's just life. Yeah. They're life giving. 
they're there to remind you, stay mm-hmm. in the game. That mm-hmm. fire you had in your belly when we played or skated or made love mm-hmm. or sang, keep that fire yeah. in your belly. That's a life giving. Relationship number one. Relationship number two is a lifetime. No matter what you do, someone's going to bury the other person. Mm-hmm. Friends, rel- romance, it's just meant to be lifetime. They can get on your last nerve. Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't going nowhere. Right. And then this third type is the type that there's the most disruption in, the most chaos in, the most sadness in, the most discord in, and it's the relationship we're in the most of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 80% of our, 80% of our relationships are in this category. And probably about 99% of our chaos and discord is in this category. Mm-hmm. And that's called a purposeful. I hope y'all writing this down by now. That's called a purposeful relationship. And a purposeful relationship is a relationship that was brought together to serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. Whether the purpose was to birth a business, to grow each other up, to have children, to learn how to love madly, there's a purpose. And that relationship lasts anywhere from three years to 15 years to 25 years. It, it can be a long time. However, where the discord comes in, where the sadness comes in, where the disgruntledness comes in is that once, you know what I'm going to say. Once it's a purposeful relationship, full of purpose, purposeful. Mm-hmm. Once the purpose is fulfilled, the relationship will forever take a shift. It won't necessarily be over, but it is in the beginning of mm-hmm. its decline. Mm-hmm. Now, can you stay together for a lifetime after the purpose is fulfilled? Yes, you can, but it will have a flat line. Mm-hmm. It will just have a flat line. And then most people, a lot of people, the relationship ends. Because something just isn't right. Because mm-hmm. someone's saying, why can't we just go back to the way it used to be? Right. Well, we, used, learned it. we used to be serving and fulfilling the purpose. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's already for, isn't that beautiful, juicy, great content? It didn't even come from me. I learned it right. years ago and I adopted it to save my own life. Sure. Um, and so in that context, I do have friends that have been with me for years. And I have friends that have moved on. Mm-hmm. And they were purposeful. And that was the only thing I could give it to find peace because mm-hmm. there's this gap. Right. There's this hole. There was, I wish I would have got them, but let me share something with you, Lois. I realized that my job in my friend's life and in my family member's life is not to rescue them. Now this is where mm-hmm. the distance in our years comes. A little <laughs> bit. I realized that I can have all this information in your beautiful book. I can have all this information and what I wrote in mine. And when I show up to them with them, they just want their girlfriend. They just want their homegirl. Right. They just want their niece. They just want their cousin. Mm -hmm. They just want their daughter. They don't want me to rescue them. Right. That I had to retire from the converting business Mm. because I suck at converting people. (laughs) They are going to be who they want to be in this to no disrespect to them. But no one drug me to this place of awareness. Right. So to, who am yeah. I to drag them? Mm-hmm. And I know we get excited because we, we see the light. And the reality is all we, all your job, all my job, all your job, all your job is to be the light. Mm-hmm. Not try to pour it on people, but to be the light so that we get to serve them again from our saucer. Yeah. And they pick up on it. Last night I had a book signing. But they've got to want it. And when they're ready in their time, Mm -hmm. last night I had a book signing and I don't know if my family's going to be watching this, (laughs) but if they are, I'm grateful. More people from my family showed up 
to my book signing last night than any other event in the history of my business. Mm. I've been doing this for 21 years. Wow. Any other. I've been inviting them. Why Why now? I don't know. I didn't ask them. Wow. I was just grateful. Yeah. I didn't even ask. And then today I got a text from my cousin who I grew up with, six months difference, my ride or die. She's the one I got in trouble all the time with, <laughs> yeah. right? Ride or die. Never interested in coming to my work. And it would kill me to see her life. Kill me to see her suffering. Kill me to see her struggle. Kill me to see her not happy. And today she sent me a text and she said, I, I'm going to read your book because I'm ready for a change. Mm. <laughs> I, I read it like three times and then I <laughs> texted her my back. Friend? <laughs> my cousin, my, cousin, my yeah, first yeah. cousin. Wow. And I, I, I texted her back. I said, nothing would make me more happy to support than to support you in your journey. Wow. Let me know what I could do. That's awesome. When you're ready, when you're ready. Yeah. And so I wow. stopped trying to convert my friends because I was driving our friendships away. Mm. I, it was a hard lesson learned. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started thinking my work was so big and so, so, so meaningful that they would understand if I didn't have time. Hmm. And I realized people don't care about what you're doing for the planet. Right. You need to nurture this friendship. Of course. So I let some die on the vine. So there are relationships that you've let die on the vine because you didn't invest enough in it. Mm -hmm. You thought the plant would live without water. I thought the plant would live without water because I was watering everyone out here, but I forgot to turn the water back around to my friendships. And so if they died away, I am 100% as responsible as mm -hmm. my friend. Yeah, of course. What do you think is the most purposeful relationship you've been in? <laughs> the one that's. Are you, you going to turn around and ask me the most life giving one too? I got to check. <laughs> I got to check this question out. Sure. Both right, of them. right, right. Both of them. <laughs> um, purposeful relationship that I've been in. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you three. Uh, um, so one is uh, with a girlfriend of mine who taught me to trust other people. Her name is Denise. Did you not trust people before? Um, I don't know if I distrusted. I didn't just didn't try to trust. Mm -hmm. I, I was, I was queen of, I could do it. Yeah. I could do it. Don't worry about me. I'm good. Don't worry about me. Which we don't think that's lack of trust. We just think that's, I'm a superhero. Mm -hmm. You see this as much as I got this. I realized if I don't, I think it was a part of no trust, but it was unconscious. I, I would never say I don't trust people. I right, just right. said, I got it. I yeah, got it. Yeah. Don't worry about me. Yeah. You're good. Don't worry about me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> sure, sure. So she taught me how to trust. Um, and my ex fiance who abused me, uh, taught me how to fight for my life without fighting with words. I fought without fighting. I fought. I, I grew up like this. Mm -hmm. I grew up like this and I had to learn how to fight with, uh, uh, strategically. He made me realize how much I wanted to live and how much I had to live for mm. and how willing I was to go out of my norm mm. to make sure I was around. So my son doesn't fit in purposeful because he's a lifetime. But my son has taught me. I had a consultant come in my company and fraud my company. Mm. That's the worst. Cost me several hundred thousand dollars, but that money's just dirty paper. That was, mm -hmm. that, that was the easy part. The feeling of betrayal. The emotional part. Yeah. Psh. The ego in the way, the <sighs> resentment. When I told my son and I'm crying, <laughs> I couldn't fake it. My son knows me so well. <laughs> He's 21 now. He can look at me and go, sure. mom, something's wrong. And, um, 
I, I was trying to fight it off and he's like, something's wrong. And I just started bawling and crying. And my son took my hand and said, mom, let's just pray. Hmm. And we're not religious. We're spiritual, but we, 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 he was raised praying. And my son started praying for us. And then, then he did something that rocked my world. He started praying for the guy. Hmm. I never, I thought about doing a lot of things to this man. <laughs> Praying was not one. one. I'm just telling you. My son prayed for him and my son prayed for his children. Interesting. My son cracked my, cracked my compassion wide open. I started bawling even more, but I started crying for a different reason. Mm -hmm. I started crying because I had no compassion. I had no Mm -hmm. forgiveness in my heart at that moment. It's hard to when you feel like someone deliberately intentionally. But we do hard things every day and day. We're athletes on top of. Right. Life athletes. We're <laughs> exactly. athletes. Athletes sign up, yeah. get dressed, and go out to hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, there's many days I played I co- football. Right? I was allowed to physically man, hurt people. Man, <laughs> there are many days I made a personal phone call to Earl on the side. Earl <laughs> on the side of the track. I knew when I did 800 breakdown, yeah. I was going to make a direct line call to Earl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I signed up for it. So we know hard. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I, as hard as that was, I wasn't entertaining it. So my son is the other person. He's a lifetime relationship, Mm. but he taught me like in that moment. And that was recently, that was in the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. He taught me, I don't care how much you're hurting, still open up your heart to compassion. Don't ever stop forgetting where they might be that will cause them Mm. to live in that kind of dark place, mom. It's not your job to leave them there, mom. Shine your light on them, even if they don't know it's your light. Mm -hmm. Even if they violated you. You still live in the light. Living in the light is not optional. When you choose the light, stay in the light. You never, ever take the train down to darkness because someone betrayed you. You don't ever leave the light. That's what he said, basically. That that was powerful at 21. You know, mom, let's pray. And I'm like, he's praying for him. And so. Amazing. And then I'm not telling you life, life giving, (laughs) life giving relationship. Um, you know, it was romance for me. It was mm-hmm. romance. It was, um, it was at a time where is this PG or is this R? What is this? PG is 13. This? Okay, Some kids PG-13. listen. Okay. Mom share this with the all kids. Right, all right. So. All right. Yeah, man. I, I'm good. I, I'm, I can do PG 13. I wasn't going too far, but <laughs> well, thank you. We can um, bleep stuff. Right, 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 right. <laughs> no, 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 I think not. Maybe. Um, there was someone in my life and, and still is, he's a great friend. And, um, it was at a time that um, I didn't see myself through the lenses he did. Like he saw me far more beautiful than I saw myself. Mm. And it, and it speaks to a bigger picture that sometimes you have to borrow someone else's lenses mm. and look at yourself through their lenses. Um, he was significantly younger than me. Mm. And that was a big thing for me because I felt like, and he was, phenomenally beautiful he was african-american and french mm. just a delicious blend <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say everyone <laughs> over 21 knows that look and what it means and um i would look at him and literally lose my breath wow i would lose my breath when i would look at him and i would watch him look at me and lose his breath mm. and i kept wondering what he saw it was the craziest thing i kept wanting to go go behind him and look <laughs> wait, at me <laughs> like, you know, I don't know if you understand, but yeah. I just wanted to see what he saw. Sure. And I was, I was 78 pounds heavier than I am now. Mm. Oh, 
I haven't been in this body long. Mm. So I'm still, I'm still getting used to mm-hmm. being under 210 pounds. Wow. So for him to see me so beautiful then, where'd my napkin go? Mm. Where'd you sit it? I, I'm, there we go. <laughs> you got me there. God. You got yourself there. Yeah. Well, you, you, you opened the door. Now I'm and curious. I'm grateful. I want you to stay in this moment because, uh, you know, I'm curious how, for it sounds like to me for a long time. You know, this is our first time connecting. Yeah. But it sounds like to me for a not long the time. Last. Yes, I hope not. It sounds like to me for a long time you were living in abundance in a lot of areas of your life, but yeah. in, in, except the health category. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent, one thousand percent. And how were you able to navigate that process? The right. conversation right, with right, right. I don't see myself the way right. this man sees me, right, and other right, people right. see me, right. and my right. body isn't Great showing question. who I'm being. Right. It was incongruent. <clears throat> I'll say it. It's a grown folk conversation. Yeah. It so was I- incongruent with who I knew myself to be. Mm-hmm. It was what I call my kryptonite. It we was, all have it. It was my kryptonite. We all have right, it. Right, right, right. A lot of people's kryptonite you can't see. Mm-hmm. You could see my kryptonite. And I wore it well. If you, well, sometimes I had some bad outfits. <laughs> I mean, even in the book cover, you don't even look like yourself right now. Right, right. I, I kept, I was still in the work. I, yeah. you know, they needed a cover shot and I'm like, okay, I'm in this work of transformation. You can take it now, but that's not who you're going to see when right. the book comes out. And I was committed wow. to keep going. You've but never before, been this weight, but I mean, before in the last 20 years or when I ran track, literally, right, right. literally at my book signing last night, I had five people from my high school. And they said, you yeah, are, you but they've like been back in high school. Right. right Hello now. What? Right, <laughs> right, right. Girl. What? So, so I, it's all over Facebook now with yeah, my yeah. high school, my high school track members. They're going, Lisa, this was you running track. I was right, like, right. I know. I'm mean, actually a little smaller than I was. When you have I was to change all the videos in your site, by the I way. I know. Cause I looked at the videos I know. from before and then there's a video I know. of like I, you, you know? with the party in the background. Right. And I was like, wait, who is that? Right. Who's that lady? Is that like a fan girl? Right, right, and I was like, oh wait, that's her. Right, right, right. You can say fan, fine girl. So you don't. How many videos I have out on YouTube? So many like, videos. So many to replace. That no one's going to recognize. No you. one's going to recognize me. And so, um, but, but, but how I, I were you appreciate able to, the question. Yeah. I, how was I able to navigate through it? And and, and feel like because I was congruent. I know what you're going to feel say. congruent. Feel, feel like, like you I was honestly weren't a liar right, or right, weren't right. like. Well, what I said was, I'm still in the journey with my health. I'm not going, man. I don't want to. Now is that a like? A mask or something that you just continue to say for 20 years, like. No, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, uh, I, I thought my weight was just weight, just, just. I'm not saying it's bad or wrong. No, 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 no. I I appreciate the question. No, I, I'm, I love the question. I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. That's number one. Mm -hmm. So my truth was my truth based on what I knew up until that moment. Yeah. So for years, I would say I don't know how to lose the weight because I couldn't be consistent. Mm. But for years, I just made it about what I ate and what I did. And I never let it be emotional weight. Like when I realized, I don't say I lost weight as much as I say I released it. Mm. Because I wore a a jacket, a 78-pound jacket. And I didn't know why I was wearing the jacket. 78 pounds? Yeah. Why would you? Oh, you mean? I thought you meant literally. No, that was the weight. <laughs> I thought you meant literally. I, I was like, literally, I did. Well, right, right. But I didn't mean <laughs> like on top of the weight. Right, right. No, no, it was the weight. Like this yeah, is yeah. who I am. And and. But you lost seventy eight pounds in I lost, the last. I, I how released, long has it been? I released, released. seventy eight pounds, and I, it took me eleven and a half months to wow, release it. That's great. And so, um, but what I didn't realize was that there was an emotional weight that preceded the physical weight, and I put the jacket on. 21 years ago for a reason. And I never looked at the reason. What was the reason? You are all in my business. 
Like for real, for real, for real. Absolutely. So I told you my son's father went to prison. Mm -hmm. And when he went to prison, I put the jacket on. Mm. I never acknowledged that I was wildly, madly in love with him and that I saw myself with him for a lifetime. Mm. And so I put a jacket on almost immediately after he went in. I didn't put all 78 on immediately, but it slowly came on because I actually didn't want to be attractive to anyone else. And I wanted him to come home. And after 10 years, it was a 10 year mark. I realized I'm not going to date him again because in my, in my opinion, he was institutionalized or whatever. And I, I was never, I was never a fan of prison, never a fan of people in prison, never a fan of. Uh, My brother was in prison for right, four and a half years. Right, so right, right. I never was there. a fan. I, I didn't go visit him for the first eight years. Mm. I only went to visit him when my son said, mom, I want to touch my dad. Wow. Now I let him talk to his son every single week, every week. I, I was all about fostering the connection. And, um, I realized that I unconsciously was trying to hold myself and stay unavailable. Protect yourself. Yeah. Protect myself until he came home. Mm. And in, in on December 12th of 2014, I called him after leaving the Steve Harvey show. And on the Steve Harvey show, I was supposed to coach a woman on relationships, which I got. I could mm. do that. Relationships, money. Got it. Got it. Got, got it. it. <laughs> At the last minute, she didn't show up or she canceled. And the woman to replace her. They asked me to coach her on weight loss. Ooh, zing. And to drive home the point that you opened with, I sat in the green room keenly aware that I wasn't qualified to coach her. Mm-hmm. I would be incongruent if I did. Mm-hmm. So in the green room, I'm having a slight meltdown. Not good for the... Couple, ex- couple, couple million people are going to watch me be incongruent. Well, not good for the expert coach to have right. a meltdown, right? Exactly. And I wasn't willing to be incongruent. Mm-hmm. I wasn't willing. I wasn't willing. I never opened up health and wellness as a deep dive conversation. I never. You're- I said there are four quadrants of your life that you need to master. I talked about all four. And I said in the fourth quadrant, I'm in that. I'm living that. I'm working through that. Now. The health quadrant. The health quadrant. So here we are. I have to only focus on this quadrant. And so I committed to her that I would take the journey with her. Ooh, interesting. I, 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 I put myself out there. I bust myself out. Wow. I exposed myself. I said, I can't coach you. Talk about accountability. Oh, I said, <laughs> and Steve's sitting there. Steve Harvey's sitting there looking at me like this. Are you sure what you're about like, to take off? She's over there. And he's looking <laughs> at me like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I said, I can't coach you. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm over 200 pounds. I don't qualify to coach you. But what I do qualify to do is walk with you. Mm. And I said, so let's do it together. Wow. Every Sunday, I'll meet you on the phone. I said, and how about we come back here in five months? And I commit in five months, I'll be 47, 45 pounds lighter. Wow, that's a ballsy commitment. I think, you know, play bigger, go home. Of course. And so I did that. And I went home and I sat still and I said, what do I do? And I started sitting on, why did you put the jacket on? And, it, and I mm. tracked it back, tracked it back. Oh, my God. Because before then, I was an athlete, 13 years. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, I did track. I swam competition. I was a state champion and city champion and, 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 and freestyle and swimming. Mm-hmm. I did water ballet for seven, five years. And so why did I put the jacket on? I looked at it. And so it was because of him and I, because of my emotions around him. So I called him and we talked for an hour and a half. Mm. And I told him everything. I told him how much I loved him and I waited on him. I told him that I released him at 10 years, but I didn't know how to release the weight. And that I've been waiting, you know, I just said everything. He cried. I cried. We cried. I sat with my son. 
I told my son. I cried. He cried. We cried. And then I was okay to take my jacket off. Mm-hmm. And then people asked, what did you do? Then I did everything I've been hearing for the last 20 damn years do. <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> you so, ate better. You worked right, out. Right, right. I, I was consistent. Yeah. I ate smaller meals. Yeah, yeah. I didn't work out for an hour a day. I didn't do that because mm-hmm. an hour a day would cost me two hours a day in time. Mm-hmm. And two hours a day would cost me around about $40,000 right, in money. Right. And, and time time was my highest commodity. Right. And so I, may, I, I consistently agreed to work out 15 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And cause 15 minutes I can do and every win built on the next win yeah. every day I completed my goal, which built momentum. Yeah. I did it. It was just 15 minutes, but I did it. So I was consistent. The length of time wasn't my big deal. It was the consistency traveling on planes. Yeah. I was on the road 321 days. Oh my goodness. The same year I lost the weight. Wow. The same year I lost the weight. It's not easy to lose weight while you're traveling. No. Eating all the junk no, food. No, and no, yeah. no. And so I, I ate smaller meals. I made my meals in the morning while I was at home. I stayed home for 90 days. I didn't travel, wouldn't travel mm. for 90 days to jumpstart my weight loss. Uh, cause I had to get off 45 pounds before in five I, months. In five months. <laughs> and so, um, I was radical. I made all my meals, small meals, and I set them aside. I looked like all the little athletes like you, <laughs> all the athletes made meals. And, and then I worked out. Mm-hmm. I slept in my sweats sometimes. I took a shower and got in my sweats. So I can get out of bed. That's the old track days. That's, that's your high school, college that's, that's, workout that's, that's, days. That's go hard you got the or go 5 a.m. wake up. Right, right. I, I can't even think about getting dressed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wake up dressed. Yeah. And then I didn't l- l- use any weights and I didn't go to the gym. Mm. I used my body weight. I used my car. You had enough of it at the right. time. I had enough of it. I jumped ja- jump yeah, jacks, yeah. jumping jacks and lunges and, and crunches. I just said everything I have. I just believed what every trainer said. Everything you have is right mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So that when I did start traveling, I was okay. Yeah. I conditioned myself. You have the tools to use in the, in your hotel room or whatever. On Anywhere the, on the bus I am. Or whatever, oh, listen, right? let me tell you, I got radical. I was lunging through the airport. Sure. Yeah. I don't care if people see me. You can call me crazy. 15 minutes, you got to get it you in. You can call me crazy. I don't care if you call me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand? I'm fighting for my life now. Yeah. And so um, I went back to Steve Harvey in five months, and I wasn't 45 pounds lighter. I was 57 pounds lighter. Mm, there you go. And she was 56 pounds lighter. Wow. And then it became a big conversation. Like thousands and thousands of women began to follow me. Interesting. And so I publicized my workouts. I, I wasn't trying to be a workout guru. Mm-hmm. I'm not that. People still tell me, let's do a program. Mm-mm. I'm no. not, I'm not, I'm not the teacher. I'm the student. Yeah. I, I'm clear. Y'all go follow that Maybe person. Maybe in 10 years after right, you've right. mastered it. Then, I, yeah. I don't even need to do it. I, yeah. I just need, I, I'm the student. Watch me as a student. Yeah. I got ugly workout pictures of me online, still on mm. Facebook. I got, you know, early morning, you know, crazy shots. And then people want to do shows with me, television shows with me. I don't want to make any money off of it. Yeah. This was for my liberation. Yeah. This is so I can tackle all four quadrants. Do you know how powerful I feel today? Very. Do you know? Right. I'm, I'm you show completely in a line. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Amen. And ho- hopefully humble and grateful. Of course. You know, but now, now, now game on. Yeah. Game freaking <laughs> on now. Now game freaking on. Now I'm going, man, I, I, I built a multi-million dollar business, wrote seven bestsellers, traveled the world, all of that carrying two, over 210 pounds. Mm. All of it. Almost as big as me. All of it. Right. Mm. Now. What do I do <laughs> now? Watch out. Now it gets interesting. Now I got to watch out because like young men now don't know quite my age anymore. Like and with my braids and the Auburn hair and they like, and when I they're hollering at you. Oh, and like, you know, and then I'm hanging out at the, the, uh, Mind Valley conferences uh-huh. and uh, where all the young, you know, amazing mm-hmm. entrepreneurs go. So it's funny. I'm tickled all the time. That's I just great. laugh and go, 
this is funny. This is really, really That's funny. Great. That's I great. was walking out of, I got to just tell you this. I was walking out of a, a, a little hole in the wall restaurant in LA and this guy comes running out behind me and goes, excuse me, cutie. You cutie. And I turn around like I've been a long time since, yeah, no, my, yeah. since my walk has called me cutie. Excuse, 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 excuse me, excuse me, cutie. Shorty. Cutie. She to call me shorty. He goes, I'm a producer and we're doing a Bone Thugs and Harmony video. Uh, video wow. And we're doing it with fine sisters. Fine sisters who are, what did he call it? Mature fine sisters. That's the old, that's the old folks. And I said, oh, oh, old ladies. He goes, no, no, no. Mature women, like in their like late thirties. I smiled. I was like, oh, you're so cute. He goes, would you be interested in being in a video? No, baby, but thank you so much for asking. You have made yeah. my day. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's a, it's a new funny. season. Yeah. I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. I love Grateful. it. I love it. I want to ask you a few, three more questions. Yes. Um, before I do, I want to make sure everyone goes and picks up the book. Make sure to check this out. We'll have it linked up also below this and in the show notes. But go get Abundance now if you want to have an abundant life. It gets spicy now. I got to tell you. It's great. There's it a gets spicy. There's a lot of stuff I wanted to ask you in here, but you shared so many great stories. I had a lot of things marked off here that I liked. Balance is a myth. Harmony is a must. Rich people think differently. All the different topics you talked about in here. Um, to create prosperity, must create a new relationship with money. I think that's going to be powerful for a lot of people. So make sure to get this book to learn these principles. Where can we connect with you online before I ask the final three questions? Yeah. So um, I'm in a season where people ask me, what, how, well, how did I go from public assistance to going public? Mm. My company two years ago went public. Yeah. And so the big conversation. You're the second, what is it, the second African-American woman to go have a public company. Is that right? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. And the only person in the self-development industry today to be the founder of a publicly held company. I'm grateful. Thank you very mm. much. And so the big question is, how do you go from welfare to Wall Street? Mm-hmm. How do you go from public assistance to going public, which is a big leap. And uh, there's two big things. One, I, I changed my mindset. I picked mm-hmm. up a book, which is why I love this book, because I wrote it modeling kind of like the seven habits. Sure, sure. Like, how did I, what did I give them? What did I get? Okay. I'm gonna, then the second thing was I went and I joined a tribe of people that made me stand on my tippy toes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, uh, I'm doing something kind of, well, not kind of crazy. My CFO says it's very crazy. <laughs> I've invested over $200,000 to put on two free conferences where you just come wow. like nothing. There's your book is your ticket. Like this is your there ticket you to get in. Okay. And so the way you find out about me online, I would say, go to join Lisa free.com. Okay. Join Lisa free.com. And there it'll give you access to my website, access to, you know, my programs, how you can be coached if you want to. But it, I think first and foremost, it gives you access to come and be in my presence at no cost. Mm. Like you bought the book for you, bring the book as your pass, hold it up. I'm mm-hmm. going to love on it. And then for nine hours, we're going to talk about bringing concept into action. Like, what do you do? That's the benefit. That's the beauty of that day that we're going to come get in action. Like I said, I went to this conference over and over and over mm-hmm. again. I want to get you into the same process I did because it worked. But what I, what I also love about it is that I've gathered some of the best people on the planet to come together in the right mindset of movement to set you up with an accountability community. Cause I know that Mm. when you have an accountability community, you are 80% more likely 
to follow through with the dream you said you have. Of course. And so accountability gets me everywhere. Mm. And so we're going to have accountability pods of accountability communities that we set up that day. It's going to be so juicy, so mm. delicious. It's going to be confrontive. It's going to be edgy. It's going to be spicy. It's going to be liberating. We're going to have breakdowns and breakthroughs. It's going to be one of those days. I'm coming for your breakthrough. I am not coming to entertain you, <laughs> though I can be quite entertaining. I'm coming for your breakthrough. Yeah. And so I just want to give people what I got. You know, someone said, oh, it's like you're paying it forward. And I thought, oh, I never thought like that. Mm. I just feel like I'm being responsible with what I know. And someone blessed me with this information mm -hmm. and then blessed me. People, people poured into me, Lewis. People loved me. Yeah. People saw my light and said, I'm going to help you, young lady. Mm. I mean, white people, black people, men, women, young, old, more older, more older, mm -hmm. people who had made so much money, had so much success, had such great relations. All they wanted to do was help somebody else. Yeah. And I was the beneficiary. That's great. And so this is just going, here, let me show you what they gave me. I don't know if you're going to meet them. <laughs> you know, and then come, come play with my tribe because sure, sure. they're pretty awesome. And so I'm excited to be able to allow 2,500 people mm. to just come. I love it. And what was the link for that? Join Lisa free. Okay, cool. Keyword awesome. free. We'll have that link. We'll have that linked up as well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. Final three questions. What are you most grateful for in your life recently? <sighs> oh, oh, when you say most, you make me have to pick one. <laughs> um, I am most grateful for my newfound health. Amen. I love I'm, it. I'm most Congratulations. Grateful. I'm most grateful that my body can now keep up with my life purpose. Mm. It's great. It's beautiful. And I'm, I, I, I just have to say this. I would be remiss if I didn't. I'm grateful for my 86 year old grandmother who was sitting in the audience last night, mm. cheering me on, who accompanied me to Jamaica to see me speak, who's coming out tonight <laughs> to see me speak again, mm. that she's in her right body, her right mind, a, a able body, a right mind. And she's in my life and she's able to witness what she helped create. Mm, I love it. Thanks. Um, I'm actually going to add one more question. What's something you do every single morning, a ritual that you do, no matter where you are, what's happening, what's something you must do, non-negotiable? Um, I find 10 things to be grateful for before my feet hit the ground. Mm. 10 things and they can't cost money. They can't cost money. Perfect. Do you write them down or you just think about just them, think acknowledge about them. them? Yeah. I think about them. I say them out loud. Um, I, I speak to them. Some days, I, a lot of days I do 25, but I won't let myself move until I've done 10 mm. every day, no matter where I am. Sometimes I do it on the plane because I get up really, really early. And so I, if I'm at a crack of dawn flight, I, 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 and especially if I'm feeling strained and stressed, I go over my gratitude list because gratitude will reduce stress all day long. Of course. I believe in it. Every morning I do three things. Maybe I may have to step it up to 10, but every night I always speak it out loud and ask someone what their, the three things mm -hmm. they're most grateful for for the day. And then mm -hmm. I'll repeat my three yeah. things. So yeah, I think it's really important. Um, every six months I ask my son to measure our relationship. That's powerful. Every six months I ask my son on a scale from one to 10, 10 being amazing. One being it doesn't exist. Mom, mm. how do you measure our relationship? And when he measures it, the next question is the most important question. I say, son, what would take it from an eight to a 10? Mm -hmm. What would take it from a nine to a 10? What would take it from a seven to a 10 every six months? Mm. That's a ritual. That's as powerful. Well. Very powerful. Um, this is a question I've been asking a lot recently. It is the last day for you. Sometime way in the future. Yes. All your books have been erased. Every video has ever been on YouTube has <laughs> been gone. 
everything you've said, the secret is long gone. It's been erased from <laughs> the time. The secret is a secret. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and you have all the people that you wanted to be there by your side. You're healthy, happy, but it's your last day. And they say, hey, mom, sister, lover, um, everything's a race that you've created, but we have a piece of paper and a pen, and you get to write down three truths, the three things you know to be true about what you've experienced in this beautiful world. This will be what we, the only thing we get to remember you by. I love this question. Three truths by Lisa Nichols. What would you say? What would you write down? <laughs> I love you. Three truths. And I'm putting you on the spot. I apologize. No, so, I, what's no, opening I up for you right now? First of now? all, I love the spot. I love the spot. I love organic. Mm -hmm. I love non-rehearsed. Mm -hmm. It's non-rehearsed is so much richer, juicier. Three truths. Um, my three truths would be that you get a thousand second chances. And every time you get to 999, you get to press reset. You get a thousand do-overs. That would be truth number one. You get a thousand do-overs and every 999 you get to press reset. Mm -hmm. The second truth would be the most valuable possession, commodity, investment that you could ever make and have would be to nourish the people around you that are loving you. Because if it's my last day, then these faces are the ones that matter the most. Mm. And these are the people that I somehow invested enough in and gave enough value to that you would bless me with being here mm -hmm. on this special day. And then third, make your dash dance. Mm. Make that dash between your birthday and this day, mm -hmm. make that dash <laughs> dance. Make it rock this planet. Make it unapologetic. <laughs> Take no prisoners. Play full out. If you're going to run, run fast, run hard, even at the risk of hitting mm -hmm. the wall. Mm -hmm. Make your dash dance. I love it. I love it. Um, final question before I ask Lisa, I just want to acknowledge you for a moment for coming on and sharing your wisdom and opening up and Thank being you. present and being loving and committed and for the constant work you've done over the years to not only develop yourself, but also develop so many others who are ready for that type of information and transformation. And I acknowledge you for mm -hmm. your ability to show up and be honest over the last couple of years about uh, the things that aren't serving you, the things that are holding you back or weighing you down and taking them full on and being committed Thank to you. all areas of your life, always understanding that it's a work in progress yes. and you're never going to be perfect. Neither yes. am I, right. but for acknowledging it and taking the action, even if it is after many years when people wanted you to do it, it's, it's amazing that you took it on now and, and it looks, and you look Amazing. Thank you look you. beautiful and Thank you. you always have been. So Thank I you. acknowledge you for all the work you continue to do to, to support so many. Thank you. I received yeah. that. Yeah. I appreciate that acknowledgement. And the final question mm -hmm. is what's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness is living with intention to leave people better than how you found them. To allowing your, your breath to show up and possibly be a change agent moment for someone else mm. for giving yourself permission to illuminate your light so brightly 
that if someone is in your presence and they might be in a dark moment in life, that your light brightens their life just long enough for them to see their own possibility again. Greatness is about being willing to be used to your highest level of possibility, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's unpopular, even when you're alone, even when it's inconveniencing, you're still willing to lead. Lisa Nichols, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to share this with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 278. And also watch the full video interview back at lewishouse.com slash 278 as well. You can share that with your friends over on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And let me know what you thought. Leave a comment below in the show notes. We'll have everything linked up, how you can get access to Lisa's book as well will be there. And everything else we covered today will be at the show notes, lewishouse.com slash 278. We've got some big guests coming up. Our next episode is with Damon John from Shark Tank. And we talk about his story of becoming a successful entrepreneur and the entire journey of how he got started and his new book as well. So make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't yet at iTunes. Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Again, make sure to subscribe if this is your first time and thank the friend who sent you to this episode or that you saw this online with them sharing. Thank them for bringing you to the School of Greatness podcast. I appreciate you guys so much. I love you. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.